Hello, hello, it's Joy Foster, founder of Tech Pixies. I am delighted today to be joined by one of our Tech Pixie alumni, Marianne Avery, who was also a big fan of Twitter and uh, has become a social media consultant. So excited that you're here this morning, Marianne. Uh, welcome, and I'm really looking forward to talking about Twitter. So why don't we start by telling your story, how you ended up in the Tech Pixies community, Tech Pixies family, and uh, what you're doing now, and, uh, and why you're so passionate about Twitter. Okay, so hello everybody. I'm, as Joyce said, Marianne Avery. You can find me over at Socially Maz on Twitter. So my story, I think, is probably similar to a lot of Tech Pixies. I was in a role that um, I wasn't really perhaps being completely fulfilled by. And um, I worked for a large financial services organisation and um, redundancies probably came up through restructures every kind of 18 months or so. And I'd always played the safe card. I was uh, a, a more mature single woman. And I think I just um, decided that I was just going to stay. But when um, the last round of redundancies came up, my circumstances had changed. I'd met the love of my life and my outlook was different. I wasn't the only one paying a mortgage and the bills. So I took a leap of faith and decided that um, I was going to take redundancy, wave goodbye, take some time out and uh, decide what I wanted to do, which is very unlike me because I'm usually quite planned and structured. I remember when I told my friends and family, they were kind of like, oh, my God, what are you going to do now? I was like, I don't know. It's exciting, isn't it? So I became, as a few of my friends teased me, a lady that lunched. So I spent lots of time catching up with friends, uh, refound my love of cooking. I've got a, a mature Labrador. Apologies in advance if he starts barking at some point. He's coming up 13. So I spent lots of time walking uh, with him, coffee dates, lunch dates, the usual decluttering. And then it was kind of like, right, what are you going to do? And a really good friend of mine that I'd worked with had just started the Tech Pixies face-to-face -face course in Oxford. Lucy Palmer, we met for lunch like you do, and uh, she was raving about the course. I was like, oh, I need to find out a bit more about this. So I went onto the website and then, I don't know if you remember, Joy, I actually came along to one of the face-to-face -face introduction sessions you did in London. And I think I'd actually already signed up to the course before I even came along to do that. So I became a tech pixie in May 2019, and I attended the last of the face-to-face courses before they went online and expanded and started to take over the world as they are now <laughs> so um, I think for me that was my journey to becoming a tech pixie it was kind of it wasn't planned um, I just knew I wanted to do something different but I didn't know what that was and I was so I don't know how I'll describe it Lucy was just kind of loving all the coaching and I thought right this sounds exactly what I needed because I realized that I'd lost my sparkle and I'd lost my confidence. I think because I'd taken the safe path to just every time there's a restructure, just going with the flow and moving into a new team, a new role, rather than necessarily choosing the role that I wanted. I think it just sapped my confidence a little bit. And I think what I loved about the course was that it was really well structured and the vision side of it really helped me work out what what I wanted and what I didn't want to do. So Teresa talks about the, the coach, about whether you're in flow and looking back over your life, at what times in your life were you excited and what, why was that and how can you recapture that? And I found that so, so powerful. So 
that's how I came to be a tech pixie. So at that time, it was uh, an eight week course. So you met, you had your modules that you did at home and then you met face to face once a week. Sophie Bradley, the lovely Sophie Bradley was our, our uh, tutor. So you had the opportunity in a face to face environment to ask any questions. And then you, next week, the new, the new module was released and you carried on your learning like that. And I really enjoyed that. And that's where I started to find my tribe working with um, a group of like minded women, all sort of different backgrounds, diverse stories, reasons why they were doing the course. And, yeah, we just we just bonded and I'm in touch with all of them still now. Um, well, I love that story. And, you know, I mean, obviously we've evolved so much over yeah. the years. And you're right, you were the last face-to-face -face cohort we worked with. And we were really limited. We could only work with 12 women at a time. And we could only work in two cities because I could only yeah. literally be in one place at one time. And I and, and Sophie was helping me out so that I didn't have to be in two cities at the same time. Um, but we ended up, um, and then Beth came on and did the, the stuff in Oxford, but we, um, the coaching in Oxford. But what we decided to do was move it online. And, and actually, we've been able to work with a lot more women and still um, find those we, you know, the, the bonds are still happening. I mean, we're still the what we found when we did our research um, was that the first group of people that did our online program had better results than the first group of people who did our face to face program because we can offer so much more. So, you know, we're excited about the online side and you've carried on with us. Uh, you moved seamlessly online and you've been a part of that community as well. Um, so, you know, we're delighted to have you as part of that community. And you've become a social media consultant. Uh, you were helping out uh, with the ProBiz account, which for a long time was part of Tech Pixies. We were, we were managing that. Uh, and you, so you've really um, expanded your services. And I think, you know, for a lot of women who are in the Tech Pixies program, you are a great uh, example of someone who can, um, you know, take these new skills and then set up your own social media consultancy. And you've done that very, very well. And it's really fun to watch you on the different networks um, kind of grow into that. So um, so talk to me about your social media consultancy now. How have you set that up? How many clients do you have? What kind of work are you doing? Uh, give us a little bit more information about that. Okay, so yeah, so after I uh, finished the course, I did my CPD and then I'd um, very fortunate was doing an internship with Proviz and they are now uh, one of my clients. So I set up my business in the middle of the pandemic I've been procrastinating. My husband is a great procrastinator. And I thought, right, no, you need to get on with it. So I officially launched Socially Maz on the 1st of April 2020. So soon I'll be celebrating a, a one year anniversary. You need to plan a little party. So, yeah, so I offer um, strategy, consultancy, audits, training. Um, I upskilled in Facebook um, ads as well. So a whole a whole range of services. So I had been doing um, a lot of one to one sessions, but that's a little bit more difficult now. Still do a few of that over Zoom. Um, I have got some financial services clients. I suppose I can't escape after working financial services nearly 20 years. Um, so, yes, a whole a whole mixture. So um, sports provers, as you said, uh, a couple of financial services clients. Um, some interiors work and then the odd consultancy I've done some um, freelancing for other social media managers so some audits so all sorts of different things yeah when you have a heart for rugby I think right you you you've always loved rugby and if a rugby account came your way you wouldn't say no to that right well exactly I do I do follow um, a big Northampton Saints fan and if anybody checks me out on LinkedIn, I think I put on there that I'm a retired 
rugby player, so I'm not just there to look at the legs. I did actually used to play myself. Although I love people that. Don't, don't necessarily believe that now when they meet me, but yes, I did. But actually, I think this is a really important question because someone who's watching this live, one of our students, um, Eleanor, she says, did you come into TechPixies with a marketing background or was it completely new to you? And actually, you came from a customer service background in, at Barclays. I do have a marketing background as well. So when I was um, at school, I didn't really know what I wanted to do. And I um, did my degree in art history. And then I did two postgrad diplomas in marketing, one in direct marketing and one in marketing management. But I never actually really used that um, at work. I worked um, predominantly in contact centres before I went into financial services, so in outsourcing. So there was always an element of customer experience, customer services, managing clients. So that was always very familiar to me. Then I was, um, I've worked client side and I've worked on the outsourcing. So where I'm working with agencies who are providing, I'm, I'm providing the service for and, and vice versa. But then in, when I went into financial services, I initially went into new product development. So that did use some of my marketing skills because you had to develop concepts and create new products. You had to do lots of market research. And that's actually where I met one of the original Oxford cohort, um, Jill uh, Bartram. So we worked together in the same new product development team. Um, and that's how I actually found Tech Pixies. So digressing, because I'd introduced Lucy Palmer, who'd done the Oxford course. She'd come back from um, working overseas and I'd hooked her and Jill up because they both lived in Whitney. So Jill introduced Lucy to Tech Pixies and Lucy introduced me. But anyway, so yes, yeah, so I did have some marketing training and experience, but latterly I'd worked um, in customer services in financial services. So where um, I've been involved in running the contact centers and then most recently I'd been um, running the customer experience program, so Net Promoter School. So great question, Evan, that sort of gave me a little bit more about my background. Yeah, so but I, what, what I love about that was you had learned about marketing, but you and you had done a little bit of it, but that wasn't your primary role no. before you learned these skills. And you've been able to take the skills from the Technicsys course, expand on them, and then set up your consultancy, which I love. So uh, we have been doing a social media trends series. We obviously uh, have been aligning this with the the actual program that we run. So. All over the years, TechPixies has changed massively. And of course, now it's uh, we have six modules. They run six times a year and women get access for 12 months. So they can basically repeat the repeat the cycle as many times as they want. What we say is in round one, you do you watch the videos, you take the quizzes, you get your CPD certification. Round two, you start to go deeper on the social media networks that you want to use for your business or for someone else. Mm -hmm. But because you've learned the overview of everything, then it's much easier to hone in on the one or two networks that you need. I have a huge um, belief that you do not need to use every single social media network, that actually you need to be on the network that your potential customers are on. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, and Twitter is, you know, Twitter is one of those ones where, you know, it, sometimes I go, should we still teach Twitter? Uh, and I interviewed um, your uh, your co work colleague, mm -hmm. uh, Rachel May, a couple yes. months ago about Twitter and why it, it is still relevant. And in many cases, I think it is very relevant. Um, let's talk about uh, the relevancy of Twitter and let's talk about who should be using Twitter and, and why it is important still uh, in 2021. Okay, great question. Yeah, and just touching on what you were saying about 
um, you should definitely be on the networks where your clients are. I think that's really important because as a social media manager, you do dabble on all of the platforms because you need to uh, stay fresh on what's happening. But I think everybody has a favorite platform. Um, I've been on Twitter myself since 2009, so an early-ish adopter. So, yeah, there's lots of reasons why you should use Twitter. I think it's a really interesting um, platform. If I just start with some stats, because it's actually quite surprising, there's 340 million active users and 186 of those are daily users. And daily, I was really surprised when I um, looked at the updated stats, there's 500 million tweets sent and the most um, used emoji is the face with tears of joy. But anyway, so really interesting. A lot of companies do use Twitter for customer services. 85% of recent study says that 85% um, of small to medium businesses use it to provide customer services. And when I was working in financial services, that was when I first started to realize the power of social media because it was used both as a marketing broadcast um, feature to share what was um, happening with Barclay Card sponsored a lot of events. There'd be a lot of um, activity promoting that, but also new promoting new products. But it was actually a really growing customer service channel because a lot of customers didn't necessarily want to have a phone call because they could tweet when it was convenient to them. And we had a customer services team that covered social media channels, Facebook and Twitter, and they were working 24 hours a day. So it was a really excellent way of getting insight around what people think of products, but also servicing your customers. So- But actually, that, that's a, I just wanna stop you there because that's a really good point because for small businesses where you don't have a huge number of customers, right? You might just have you know, 10 customers or 20 customers, the customer service issue isn't a big one. However, when you've got millions of customers, which a lot of the big, big corporates do have, or hundreds of thousands of customers, what Twitter became, and this is such a good point, what Twitter became was a place to actually shout about whether or not they were doing a good job or not. And I think that's where people really uh, started to, to almost use it to, in some ways, uh, expose the companies yeah. that were not delivering what they said they would deliver. And it, it actually became a place where people could gripe a bit. Um, and, yeah. and I do think it improved customer service in that way because the companies didn't want people negatively talking about them on social media. So you've just like totally yeah. brought back a memory about mm -hmm. that. I mean, I remember one time being on the Oxford bus into London and the Wi-Fi wasn't working. And I just went on uh, to Twitter and I was like, you know, hey, the bus company or uh, Wi-Fi is not working. And I got a tweet back that was like, oh, we're really sorry to hear that. We'll do what we can to fix it. But, you know, it was like that instant ability to talk to someone because yeah. people want to still talk to someone, don't they? And it, that is my default. If I've, if I've got a, a need to contact somebody, I had a problem with a courier delivery in the run up to Christmas. And my default was I went to Twitter. And it was resolved within a matter of minutes, which was absolutely amazing. I tagged the courier company and the company that I'd ordered um, the product from and they were fantastic but I think I think that is a part of our customer experience expectations as well which there's always going to be a balance well and it can work in your favor if you do respond promptly and if you respond in a positive empathetic way uh, yeah. because if you are seen to be responding in that way it's better in fact we had a situation and it wasn't on Twitter it was on Facebook but where I was 
doing some kind of promotion for something, probably for the free training program. And someone wrote a very long negative letter. And then I wrote a very long, thoughtful response back. And actually, she has since become a student of ours. And she's one of our, you know, thriving students. And it's all about realizing that, you know, sometimes um, communication gets, you know, there's miscommunication. Sometimes uh, an email never gets opened, you know, whatever it is, you, you, and sometimes there's a misunderstanding. But if you can be shown to be empathetic, um, and that you're actually care and you're responsive to it, you've got a better chance of having a positive yeah. light shining on you. That's a really good point because I, I wasn't sure if you were going to ask me, but I've I have sort of like I know you have your six Bs, I have four Bs. Um, so I always have be social. Social media is about being social. Be authentic. Be positive and be inclusive. So you know, in the world of customer services, if something has go- gone wrong don't hide behind it you need to be up front explain what's happened and what you can do to resolve it because customers will respect you for that and if you deal with it in the right way they will be a, become a loyal customer i know someone's going to want you to repeat that so can you okay. go ahead and give us your four yeah. b's so, Maza's so, four b's okay so be social be social be authentic yep be authentic be positive and be inclusive. I love that. I'm going to put that on my there. Posi- my positive one is is all, is about mental health as well because I think it's really important, particularly when you work in social media all the time. There can be a lot of negativity. So for me, my mantra is always: if you can't say something nice, don't say anything at all. If if you've got an issue with somebody, then take it offline. You know, that's you know, you can go to DMs. That was a big trick of ours at Proviz because we did find, I mean, I know you and myself and Rachel, we found a lot of times that people who were upset would go live onto the social media feeds and complain about what was going on. And immediately you want to say, hey, I DM'd you some information and then get the conversation off the feed. You know, I'm really sorry that that's been your experience. We want to change that for you. Um, I've just private messaged you. Let's carry on that conversation there. And you can kind of get more details there. And then it's not sitting on your feed. That's the worst thing in the world to have all of that negativity sitting on your feed. Um, And it's better to have that conversation either dealt with in a positive way in front of everyone or dealt with in a positive way and then moved to the DMs and then, you know, pulled off the main feed. Um, that's so important. Okay. So talk to me about who should be on Twitter, uh, in 2021, um, versus just, you know, we obviously talk about consumers going on to connect with big companies for the customer service, even small companies, but who else should be on Twitter in terms of businesses? What type of businesses thrive on Twitter? I, I, I to me, I mean, I, I know I work in social media, but I think all businesses can, um, Twitter can work for them. It depends where your audience hangs out. So uh, one of the things I learned on the course is that you just keep testing. So people's consuming habits change. I mean, at, at the moment, I know I, sh- I shouldn't mention this word, but there's a lot of focus on Twitter at the moment because of what's happened with Trump. I don't want to go down that route. But we know that um, 70% of people go to Twitter to get their news there's a lot of focus on that but a lot of people will use social media instagram and twitter to research products they will go and look for brands on there they will go and look for as we were just talking about your customer service how do they handle customers how do they deal with the positive and also the negative so really it's about going and testing who is on there you can there's so many searches you can do you can look for your competitors you can build lists I mean I I can go on to that in a minute but basically 
do your research. And if your audience are on there, then Twitter will work for you, is what I would say. So I was going to talk about some trends. Are you happy for me to move onto that? Yes, definitely. I was just going to say, though, one point you just made, which I think is really, really important, is that um, Twitter pulls through on Google really, really well. So um, if you've got an active Twitter feed and it's uh, identified as being your feed in uh, in Google, it shows up on when you someone does a Google search. So um, I actually got the ability for those of you who are watching live to share the screen. Obviously, if you're not watching live, you're just going to have to listen to me describe how this works. But um, what I can do is share my screen and just show people who are watching it live or who watch it on replay um, that so Twitter does pull in your latest tweets. So you can see we've got um, our latest um, uh, podcasts that are pulling in automatically. So if someone Googles Tech Pixies, they're going to get um, the website and they're going to get the, you know, they can see that we've got 126 Google reviews that are five star, et cetera. They have a phone number to call, et cetera. Um, they, can, they can see, but you can see that Twitter pulls through onto your Google search. And so uh, it's a great way to, um, to get seen um, because tweets are basically searchable by Google. Mm. Yeah, it's a, it's a really good reminder for everybody to make sure that their Google listing is up to date. It reminds me I need to go and have another look at mine. I haven't looked for a few weeks. So, yeah, so I was just going to, what I've sort of had to think about is what sort of trends um, I think we need to be thinking about for 2021. 20, what, what's new on Twitter? I think one of the things that I like about Twitter is that Instagram, for example, is always having new stuff launched and tweets. Twitter, less so, but there have been quite a few interesting things added. So for me, I think there's um, two key things that I think we need to be focusing on for 2021. And the first one applies to all networks, but that's video content. Um, video is massive right now. Um, in terms of Twitter, the recommendation is that um, we use uh, videos 15 seconds or less is um, what the guys at Twitter recommend. But interestingly, um, tweets that have a video get 10 times more engagement than tweets without a video. So get going on your video content, everybody. If you're not so keen on um, videos, then GIFs. I don't know if anybody's a fan of GIFs, but I've... Um, I've been following a couple of inspirational ladies on Twitter recently. Um, and last year, I started recording my own GIFs. And GIFs give you 55% more engagement than a text-only tweet. So if you if you want a little video on how to create your own GIFs, I can share that um, later on. But interestingly, Twitter is actually um, testing something called Squad, which is a new video chat tool. So it's a bit like House Party. I don't know if anybody um, uses House Party, but it's what they're saying is that it's going to give you really simple screen sharing. So when that comes out to the, the wider users, will it be interesting to see what that's like. Video replies. I got my first video reply at the end of last year. And it was it's really I think it's really um, rememberable or memorable even. That's terrible English. Sorry, because it's it makes you feel really um, special. So there was somebody I tweeted and they gave me a video uh, message back. So I think that's really powerful. So definitely video. And then the second one that I think is going to be really um, key this year is audio. So um, Twitter's testing something called Spaces, which is a new audio-only message uh, for meetings. Um, I don't know about anybody else, but I do have a little bit of Zoom fatigue after all the family Zooms and the quizzes, as well as Zoom for work. Um, 
apparently it's a little bit like clubhouse if anybody's on clubhouse yet that's what they're saying i don't have it yet but we will see what happens and they've also recently purchased something called uh, breaker which is a podcasting app joy i know you're all over podcasts so i don't know if you've heard of that but but both of those are um twitter's efforts to um move into the audio space a lot more. yeah let, let's have just a side conversation right now about clubhouse because i think oh, yeah. obviously people are going to be asking about it like what is clubhouse and why can't i get an invitation i mean with all these things they're kind of creating the hype by getting the invitation and i've seen a lot of people jumping on it um but i i get what so what they're doing is twitter's trying out different pieces of technology you know for different types of things audio video etc to enhance the experience and I, you know, one of the things I do know, you know, we, I have always believed, and I think this is a really good mantra for everyone to really focus on is I, I am very um, weary of the shiny object syndrome. And what I tend to do uh, is I tend to let a, let a trend kind of like watch, I, I kind of let it come out and then I let, and then I just watch. And then if I feel like I need to get involved, I get involved. Sometimes I'll get involved just to see what's going on, but I won't uh, I won't roll out an entire strategy on it until I know it's staying. Mm -hmm. So, you know, for example, um, it's been interesting to watch Reels on Instagram. Yeah. Uh, it's been interesting to watch IGTV on Instagram. Um, it's been interested to watch like guides. Uh, and also, you know, with Twitter, they've got a whole bunch of these things like you're talking about. And, you know, I, and there's so many pieces of technology you can use. Obviously, you need to use the best one for you. But I just kind of I let something go out and then I just kind of sit and watch and then I make my decision. I might try it out here or there. We know that, like, for example, on Instagram, a lot of women are having great success with reels because um, what will happen is when they introduce a new feature and it takes off, they'll really push that feature yeah. out. Um, and so it, 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 you can actually benefit massively from getting in on the trend. You know, people who got in on TikTok early, they've got massive, oh, yeah. massive, yeah, massive TikTok influence. Yeah. So there is there is an advantage to being an earlier early adapter. Um, I also think there's an advantage to being a slow adapter and to kind of waiting and you know really kind of saying how does this help me with my strategy and my bottom line. So, um, you know, but I, I, I like what you're saying about audio being something really interesting. Because you're right, people do have fatigue. Um, but I think one of the things that's happened is because uh, we're not in our cars anymore. Guess what? We're not listening to the radio anymore uh, to the same extent that we were before. And actually now you can choose whatever you want to listen yeah. to uh, when you are walking or running or, you know, whatever. And guess what everyone is doing? walking and running because we're in the middle of a pandemic and you can't go anywhere. You can't go to the gym. You can't go anywhere else. So it's the only way you're getting out. And a lot of people, I mean, I'll tell you one thing I do. I mean, I'm not a huge fan of housework, but of course we've got to do it. it. And, yeah. And, and even, you know, we, one of the very first things I did when I got my first paycheck was I hired someone to help with the house and uh, she's a widow. She has five daughters and she's amazing. We're very good friends. And um, she uh, obviously with the pandemic, she can't come anymore, but we're still paying her as if she was still coming. But then I've still got to do my husband. And I've still got to do all the work around the house. But one of the things that I have found that may, has made doing the house uh, work and this a bit more tolerable, if you will, uh, is the podcast side of things. Um, and I guess the difference is, you know, a podcast is pre-recorded, whereas something like Clubhouse is live. 
And so, you know, you can kind of listen to it as if you were listening to live radio, whereas a podcast is, is not live in that same sense. So it's, it's starting, I'm starting to understand, I mean, it's only been out for a couple of weeks, but starting to, and this is being filmed on the first of, or the 14th of January. So, you know, these new technolo- technologies, when they come out, it's like, what is the technology? How does it serve me? And, you know, basically that's how I'm seeing Clubhouse. It's like, it's like live radio, but you can listen to all the people that you, you know, follow and love on there. Um, or you could listen to your friends as well. Just put on their own live, live performance, but it's all yeah. through audio, isn't it? Versus video. Yeah. yeah I found it quite interesting because you can sort of lurk in a room and just listen, and then you can leave quietly without it doing a big announcement. But you can find some quite interesting and, and random conversations. So my top tip on, on Clubhouse would be to make sure that what you've put in your bio, it, it's completely searchable. So I still I keep meaning to go and update mine, but I need to put in um, more about rugby, more about dogs, uh, Pilates, because I'm interested in Pilates, and I'm also... Um, doing slimming world but there's all sorts of random um groups that you find but basically what they call it is your um hallway which is all the different rooms that you can go and look at and and, uh, listen in is determined by who you follow so be mindful of who you're following because if you suddenly see some random um rooms it's because somebody that you follow is in that room we got a little side tutorial on clubhouse here um no brilliant i let's uh, let's i i think it's i think it's important not to ignore new technology i think it's important not to ignore shiny objects i think it's also important really to sit back and say you know how is this for me me? what am i going to get from it yeah so let's go back to twitter how does someone in 2021 so the other thing um that lots of people are saying it's going to be really helpful. So Talkwalker, I don't know if, if people subscribe to that, but it's a, a listening tool and they talk about trends, is that MEMS, I'm saying that correctly, um, are, are going to be a big thing. MEMS means. It's a bit like, isn't it? How do you say GIF? There's different ways. Anyway, so that's another another one to look, um, look out for. Then I was just going to cover some stuff that's new on Twitter to make sure that they're front of mind. And then finally, I'll go on to some tools within Twitter that I think everybody should be using. So um, a relatively new thing that was um, launched is that when you reply to a, a DM, you can use an emoji now. Because um, one of the things that Joy taught me was that you should never leave a comment unanswered. And for me, that applies across everything, even if it's a DM, because sometimes you get a DM and you you don't need to reply, but you need to acknowledge that you've seen it. So a bit like an Instagram where you can um, tap and it gives a little um, heart. So make sure that you're um, using emojis in your DMs. A fleets that uh, came out, I think it was um, November. Um, so it's still what I call it. Twitter probably be like, no, we don't call it that. But to me, it's stories in um, Twitter. So you can share your own tweets. So at the bottom, you can share it as a, a fleet. It's called like a fleeting moment or a fleeting thought. Um, you can share oh, okay. a bit like. Sorry. Now, so a fleet is the equivalent of stories on other networks. So yes. Twitter has introduced their version of stories, which is called fleet. Yes. Okay. That makes so because LinkedIn rolled out their own version as well. Yeah, stories so- as well. So when you look on your Twitter, at the top, it looks the same. You've got the circles at the top like you do on um, Instagram and you do on uh, well, LinkedIn and Facebook as well, don't you? So, so very similar to how you would use it on um, Instagram. So you can, sh- you can share your post to a story in Instagram. You can on Twitter. You can share your uh, tweet to a fleet. 
that's awful, doesn't it? Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. That's so that's awesome. I love, that's probably why they called it a fleet, not a story. I, yeah, probably. Complete tweet. Bit of a tongue twister, that one, isn't it? Um, behind the scenes, um, you can encourage conversations. So I ran a poll yesterday on Twitter and I shared it to my fleet to say, you know, come have a look at my poll. Um, you can introduce your team uh, or you could use it to offer something exclusive. So very similar to how you would apply it um, in Instagram, Facebook and LinkedIn, I, I personally think. Um, another one is retweet with comment. That's always been a feature, but they in the lead up to the US elections, because the majority of Twitter users are actually in the US, um, they changed it so that that was the default because it's all about making sure that you what you're retweeting, which to me basically means you are endorsing because you've retweeted it. It was prompting you to check what you were retweeting. They've actually turned that off as the default um, now. But I always think it's better to me. I personally think it's better to retweet with a comment because sometimes I'll be scrolling through um, Twitter and I'll see somebody's retweeted something. And I'll think, we have, why have you retweeted that? You haven't given me any context. Why do you think I would like that? Just add a comment. That's yeah, the, yeah, I totally agree with you. The, the the tweet with a comment is so much better than just the random retweet because yeah. um the only time I've seen like the 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 retweet just straightforward retweet is like if there's a competition and they say to enter the competition retweet. But I but I agree with you. The comment retweet is so much better because actually someone's following you because they uh, enjoy your perspective yes, on something exactly. and they want your perspective on it. Yeah. Um, another new thing that came out was you can now restrict who can respond to your tweets. So when you write your tweet at the bottom, you can restrict. Now, I've not actually used that myself, but I think it would be great if you are um, working in a large organisation, you're perhaps dealing with some negativity or you've got a troll problem. But I, I think you need to be authentic. So I think there needs to be a balance around that. But that is something new that came out. You can also now... Um, you used to always be able to save drafts, but you can now actually schedule directly from Twitter. So that's a new thing, because I know sometimes when you're starting out in social media, a lot of people don't necessarily want to pay for a scheduling tool. So I think that's quite a, a good feature. Wait, 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 wait. Twitter has its own pre-scheduling tool now? Mm -hmm. <gasps> What's that called? How do we find it? it well, I'll, I'll send some instructions. But yeah, you can schedule from um, Twitter. That's but amazing. Also, We've always used Buffer. We teach Buffer. But right. one of the things yeah, I found is when you post di natively directly in the in the network, it does better than when you post to a third party scheduler. So brilliant. OK, great. So what we'll do is we'll put uh, we'll put to if you could put together a little guide for us yeah. and we'll put that as a download with this podcast. If you want to learn how to pre-schedule in Twitter directly, that would be amazing. And you can also um, I don't know if people know you can also schedule or, or post into Twitter from Canva as well now. Brilliant. Yeah, yeah. I did okay. know that. I don't love the Canva pre-schedule posting, but no, yeah. I, do, I don't use it myself, but I, it's it's a. It's an interesting mix because as a social media manager, for me, I like to be able to schedule from one place. I don't want to have to keep going into different places to schedule. So I do wonder if they're probably a bit contentious, but I wonder because now you can natively do it, whether they'll restrict the external 
tools. Well, but that's what Facebook did, you know, and I think to be honest, the, the networks want you to post out of them directly. They don't want you to use pre-schedulers. I love pre-scheduling. It's so important to pre-schedule. And I would, I think it's, it, it was a shame that Twitter didn't have pre-scheduling. Yeah. Uh, of course they know people are doing that now. And, and it does seem like they, the networks do punish you if you use a third party pre-scheduler. So, you know, I mean, that's, that's one of the things we teach in our strategy module is how to pre-schedule, why it's important to pre-schedule and, you know, how to put together a plan uh, in the social media magic course. But I, I will say, um, you know, it really, my personal preference, we use Facebook creator studio for Facebook and Instagram, and we use buffer for LinkedIn and Twitter because LinkedIn doesn't have a pre-scheduling tool yet um, that I know of, unless that's changed overnight. But, um, and it could have, cause you know, sometimes I miss the changes that happen, but they haven't had a pre-schedule. Well, there's, so, there's so many, it's really difficult to keep up with. with well, we do, we do have a comparison tool in our strategy module where you can compare all of the different, um, ones yes, that are I remember, out there. I remember that. Yeah. yeah but I, I would say, you know, it. a lot of times these pre-schedulings will predate someone. So if you go and work for an agency or if you go and work for a company, they'll have already set up a pre-scheduling tool and then you just, you just come in and have to use their pre-scheduling mm -hmm. tool. But there is an advantage to using the pre-scheduling tool by the natives. All right. Okay. So there's another thing they're testing, which they're calling community building. So when you tweet something or reply, it will show you who you're connected to. Not sure what I think about that. Other new news, you can start from the 20th of Jan, you can start to apply for the verified blue tick. And then I will just finish off on the four things that I think you should be using in Twitter. So make sure you've always got a pinned tweet at the top. Use lists. Make sure you join Twitter chats. I do three a week. I do chat about Brand on Tuesday at five. I do Twitter Smarter on Thursday at six. I do email hour on Thursday at eight. And then make sure you're using moments. So tell That's us about it. moments. Tell us about moments before we so go. So they're a really, you can only use it on desktop. You can't use it on mobile. Um, it's a really good way of, what well, I would describe it. It's a bit like a guide in Instagram. You can save your content together. So you can do that if you want to go back to it, but you can also share your moments. So you can group topics together. This My is great. Marianne, thank you so much. I mean, I learned so much. I mean, Obviously, I run Tech Pixies, but we now have social media coaches in each area that are experts, and you clearly are an expert in Twitter, and it's brilliant to have you come on the podcast and talk about it and break it down for us. And of course, all those things you talked about, lists and chats and um, et cetera, we teach on the Social Media Magic course. We go deep on that. We teach you click by click, step by step, how to do it. A lot of people are terrified of Twitter chats. We break that down. We eliminate that worry. There's so many chats you can join because there's, there used to be a list of the chats that people recommended. Is that still? We still have the list. Yeah. In fact, and we're doing, you know, we're looking at different ways to um, collect that information and share it with our students. But we definitely have a list of Twitter chats that we recommend um, and we continue to push those out. But this has been just a wonderful um 40 minutes talking to you and getting a download on the you know what's happening in 2021 with twitter obviously they're trying to stay relevant they're trying to stay alive so they're trying lots of different things uh and i think um, i think you pointed out a few things which is uh, consumers do use twitter and it's a and, it, and they do use it for customer service and and they do and twitter is still it's still alive and well in 2021, and it might be a good place for you to be depending on what you're doing. And I think the key takeaway here is it's about trial and error, right? 
everything is about trial and error. You try it, you see, you decide whether or not you want to stay on it or not. And then, you know, and my one recommendation would be is if you're not going to stay on it, make sure that you put a pinned tweet, like you said, at the top that says, hey, I'm no longer using Twitter, but you can hang out with me over on blah, 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 and send people to where you are hanging yeah. out. And then on your um, bio, just, you know, make sure that's really clear. But I, for example, we use Twitter um, at Tech Pixies for connecting with leaders in the tech industry in the UK, particularly women, um, because there's a lot of tech leaders using yeah. Twitter in the UK. And actually, we need to be there because that's where a lot of the conferences are happening and a lot of the conversations and a lot of the great um you can get little video clips like you said about what's going on well a lot of conferences use twitter as a way of sharing questions i mean even when i was working financial services twitter would be part of the conference and questions would go up on the big screen on the stage yeah absolutely well there's a lot of people who are watching live i know not everyone's watching live and this might be on replay for some people but andrea says thank you so much marianne enjoy Danny says, thank you, Marianne. Very useful. And Kate says she needs to watch the replay for sure. And I want to agree with that. There's so much information packed into here that if you care about Twitter, you're going to want to listen to this a few times. Marianne, thank you so much. Have a wonderful day. And I appreciate your time. Thank you for inviting me.